It's been 15 years since the first Iron Man movie officially launched Marvel Studios. In that time, Marvel has done billion-dollar business at the box office, and Hollywood became obsessed with all things superhero. But nothing lasts forever. Despite still getting butts in seats and eyeballs on screens, superhero movies and TV shows are not the pop culture touchstones they once were. Thor Love and Thunder and Black Adam both made money, but were critical bombs. Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel are not expected to have a second season on Disney+. Plus. So, are we at a saturation point with masks and capes? Have plans to revitalize the DCEU come a little too late? We ask these questions and a few others as we ultimately wonder, is the superhero movie bubble about to burst? Because I know we've been talking a lot about superhero movie fatigue. Yeah. And obviously, you know, a lot of there are a lot of conversations going on now about, you know, where superhero movies are, mm-hmm. you know, the MCU, the DCEU and where it's going and whatnot. Yeah. And, and you being somebody who's been real vocal about, you know, kind of being <laughs> done with this whole superhero thing. I wanted you to talk about mm-hmm. lead the conversation by talking about, you know, Iron Man comes out in 2008. Yeah. And what was your relationship with all of those movies throughout, you know, the phases, ones, twos, and threes, and the peak points where you really were like into it and enthralled and excited? Mm-hmm. And then where did things start to dip off and wane for you where you were like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I can name all those demarcation points. Uh, for me, uh, initially, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> I still have not seen the first Iron Man after all this time. You've never seen it? Never seen it. In fact, I remember when y'all saw on our previous incarnation, when y'all saw the first Iron Man, because y'all were talking to Scotty about it. It was like episode 56 or thereabouts. Okay. okay. <laughs> and even then, even then that didn't pique my interest to go see it. I was like, oh, I'll see it, whatever. You know? Now, why, why weren't you interested at all? Because even though I liked Iron Man, I was just, I still wasn't sold on it being a movie. I was just like, eh. I and mean, Robert Downey Jr., the commercials and everything, the trailers, they looked good, but it was just like, eh, mm. whatever. Okay. You know? And I'm trying to think what was like the first Marvel movie outside of, you know, the Sony movies. Of course, we saw like Spider Man and the X Men movies. Right. But the mainline Marvel Studio movies, before it was Marvel Studios, I'm trying to think. It may have been. It's got to be Blade, right? Yeah, but that wasn't no... See, you keep saying that, but in the canon, it's not, even though... Well, Iron Man is going to be the first movie. That's considered the first movie in the MCU. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably for me, believe it or not, it would probably be like the Avengers. Believe it or not. Okay. Okay. I don't think anything... I don't think I saw anything else before that, like... Well, the only things before that would have been Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. I did see Thor. There we go. So it was Thor. Okay. Okay. Not Captain America, the first Avenger? Mm-mm. Okay. I didn't see that in the movies. Okay. Uh, so I saw Thor in the movies. And for that one, I will say my, my fanboy peak started rising because even though the first Thor movie was like, okay, it was all right. Mm-hmm. It was the mention. It was the mention of like... Some of the other characters in there, like, hey, the hawk is in the nest. 
Hawkeye? Hawkeye? Oh, shit. Oh my hey, tell Clint to come Clint out here. Martin. Oh, shit. He saw like this silhouette of some dude with a bow and arrow. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. But it did not hit for me until the Avengers. Okay. Okay, that's the one where I was like, oh, yeah. I'm on board now. I'm getting okay. my money's worth. Here okay. we go. Here I'm, we go. I'm all in. <laughs> yes. Here we go. Here we go. And then shortly thereafter, I saw like The Winter Soldier, which is probably my favorite MCU movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen that the most out of all of them. I've seen mm-hmm. that like three or four times now. I've probably seen it more than that. Yeah. 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 And then after that, for like those next few years, I was on board as far as like those Avengers movies. Um, Civil War yes. and all of that. Then Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And then... When Endgame came out, it really was Endgame for me. I was like, that's good. I'm I'm good. All right, cool, cool. Okay, so let's stop there. So why did that hit you that way as opposed to like in comics? Like you didn't do that with, you know, Crisis or with Secret Wars or, you know, where you were like, okay, Civil War, okay, that's it. I don't need no more comics. Why did the movies elicit that response as opposed to you know, the, the original medium, which, which you would still go on and continue to read, even though these events and (laughs) because in the, in the actual medium, you want to see what that's, what it's going to be drawn by some artists, like a certain artist. You want to be like, dang, I wonder what this is going to look like with George Perez draw this. I want to see what it's going to look like if so-and-so draws this. It's not the same way with the movies. Man, I wonder what it's going to look like if Mark Scorsese directed this. (laughs) I don't want to see that. But, okay. But in game, (coughs) The reason why it hit so hard is like, man, it's been building up for 10 years. And you go back and you have a history with mm-hmm. these characters in the flesh and everything. And the story itself was heading that way. There's a finality to it. Mm-hmm. There was a, all right, Thanos is the big bad. They finally come together. They beat the big bad. It is a big extravaganza. I was like, and I'm spent. Like, in game with all those characters, literally a cast of CGI'd thousands you know, I'm mm-hmm. on your left, coming on your left. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's it. That's all I need. And then I was like, they come out of phase four? Why? Then they, <laughs> just these Rudy Poop characters, like, I, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, so here's, but here's the thing, though. Okay. So with that, and I agree with you that to, to a great extent, probably for the most part, they stuck the landing between yes. Infinity War and Endgame. It's good. Like totally stuck the landing, gave you all the satisfactory moments that, you know, some that you were you're expecting, some that you weren't expecting. Right. And so it it really fulfilled on many, many levels, including, you know, the first 30 to 40 minutes of it, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, you know, a funeral, you know, like yeah. the after effects of a funeral of, of, of you know, people in mourning. You know, having that aspect be real and even having Jim Starlin be in, you know, the round table with, uh, you know, with Captain America and with the other people in the. Uh, in was the, he? Yeah, that was Starlin in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Starlin <laughs> was in the in the round table with the actors. So, Dang. you know, all of that to me was I agree with you. It did stick the landing. I guess at that point for me, I was thinking, OK, well. You can't do like the world is go- is the the world and the universe is in the balance, 
you can't tell that story again. Now you've yeah. got to tell more specific stories. Mm. So that's why I wasn't so so put off by the idea of them doing B-level and C-level characters. Mm-hmm. Although the ones that they've taken to television have been just okay. Like, you know, Moon Knight, yeah. Ms. Marvel, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. DC always had, like, Flash, you know, and uh, Arrow and Smallville and, you know, Supergirl. Mm-hmm. But... So I was kind of like, okay, well, I'd like to see what happens with some of these other characters because you don't, again, you don't have to have the universe be in the balance. Right. But they continue to do that. Yeah. You know, Doctor Strange uh, in the the Multiverse of Madness and uh, Shang-Chi, you know, there's flying dragons in the sky and all this like, oh my God, everything doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about this before, you know, Black Panther... If you excised all of the MCU setups for Infinity War and for any of that other stuff, you take all of that MCU stuff out, it, you could still tell that same story. Right. It's his story. He's trying to protect his kingdom. You know, Spider-Man, in many cases, is trying to protect New York or Queens yeah. or some friend of his. He's not trying to save the universe. He's just trying to get out of a scrape. So he can go sell his pictures to Jonah and he can maybe go on a date and maybe not get beat up by Flash Thompson yeah. and whatever. You know what I'm saying? These There are smaller stories that can be told. And now they've just taken it to now it's, you know, it's time shifting and uh, multiverses and, you know, we're going to travel through time and undo everything that happened before right. so we can reset it again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's, it's like, okay. that And it just feels like, They've kind of run out of creative steam. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You know where where are you going with this? Right, and and that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because I also want to mention as far as like my fatigue with the DCEU movies. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, yes, um, stuff like Man of Steel, it was, eh, it was all right for what it was. I right. mean, it's still not one of my favorites. But Wonder like, Woman was good, and for me, until you got to the third act. Yeah. The third act, I was like, oh, this is just, what is this? And then 1984 was just like, oh. Oh, Yeah, that was was hot garbage. What? (laughs) I tried to watch some of that recently. I was just like, oh. Yeah. And and then even that Justice League movie, it was just like, I don't know. Just, I do know. I shouldn't say I don't know. It's them trying to make, they know they can't quite do that Marvel type humor, but the, the setups and everything are so dreary and so just lackluster that's that snyder vibe yo that's that snyderverse that that snyderverse and that nolan vibe like yeah, everything exactly. is so dour and dark Brr. yeah and i was just Wh- like man which i will say mm-hmm. it was dumb fun but it was dumb fun was aquaman <laughs> I, I didn't see that shit aquaman was dumb fun it was like it was serious enough not yeah. taking itself too serious it could be funny uh-huh you know, Mimosa brings a lot of character and a lot of charisma and a lot of, uh, uh, he's not a super great actor, right? but he is fun to watch. He's fun to see him perform. Got you. And he does bring that oafish, buffoonish quality to Aquaman, but deep down he's he's a sweetheart, but he is kind of oafish, you mm-hmm. know? He, he brings all of that well. And so that and the sibling rivalry with Ocean Master, you, you, I think you laughed at their, uh, when I mentioned Ocean Master before. Ocean Master. Uh, Ocean Master and uh, his mom, who's played by Nicole Kidman. Okay. 
and um and then the uh uh the actor i think it was uh robert downey i'm not robert Jr. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Depp's uh, ex. Uh, boo. Uh, yeah, yeah, who her. played who played Mira, and she's terrible. She's mm. the worst actor in the movie. She's worse than he is. She's worse than uh, um, uh, even your boy uh, 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 Yahya Abdul Mateen. Uh, uh, you know from uh HBO's Watchmen and from other. The black actor. Uh, the, the black actor? <laughs> yeah, the Got black, you. I'm saying the black actor from uh, from Watchmen. Okay. Who played the, the, Dr. Manhattan. Okay, I was about to say, okay. Got yeah, you. he's, Got uh, he plays Black Manta. Oh, really? Yeah, he plays okay. Black Manta. And Michael Beach plays his father. Oh, Lord. <laughs> At least he wasn't cheating. <laughs> At least he wasn't cheating, oh, yo. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, um... See, I guess for me, the, it, the fatigue was definitely starting, mm-hmm. and then when you really sit down and look at it, you know, you got Iron Man, three Iron Man movies, yeah. two Hulk movies, three, four Thor movies. Four, damn. There are four Thor movies, uh-huh. uh, three Captain America movies, yeah. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the third one is on its way out. Yeah. There are three Ant-Man movies. We got one Black Widow movie, and we've had three Ant-Man movies. Dang. <laughs> As if someone requested three Ant-Man and the Wasp movies. <laughs> uh, two Doctor Stranges, yeah. two Black Panthers, Infinity War Endgame, three Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. and there have been three Spider-Mans, three yeah. people who have played Spider-Man right. since 2002 or whenever the first Spider-Man movie came out. Yeah. There have been three people who have played Spider-Man. <laughs> and all three of them are in Spider- the last latest Spider-Man. Uh, That's right. Far From Home? I think it's Far From Home. Yeah. Is it Far From Home? Yeah, Far From Home, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the Batman films with Nolan. I mean, it's just, there's just a ton of stuff. There's a ton of stuff on TV, S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, WandaVision, Legion, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Iron Fist, all the Netflix shows, Smallville, you know, from years ago in yeah. the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Supergirl, Stargirl, Peacemaker, with John Cena playing That's Peacemaker. Right. You can't see him. Uh, Pennyworth, Gotham, Black Lightning, Krypton, two different versions of Batwoman, mm. The Watchmen TV show, Doom Patrol, your one-offs, The Boys, Umbrella Academy, Jupiter's Legacy, Raising Dion, uh, Alphas, The Nevers, uh, Kick-Ass, Brightburn. I mean, it's just all kinds of comic book stuff on offer now. Yeah. Between the films and the TV shows. And it's like anything else where if you take 100% of anything that somebody makes, mm. 75% of it is not going to be great. Right. 10% on top of that might be good to very good. Another 10% on top of that might be very, very good. And then 5% is going to be great or excellent. Yeah. And so, you know, now that there's so much on offer for us to choose from, it really is like walking into like Golden Corral or something. And it's like, oh, you know, uh, that macaroni and cheese ain't looking too good. But the, you know, but the fried chicken looks, that looks pretty good. You know, right. uh, you know, where you start kind of picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. Like now I watched like it maybe an episode of Moon Knight and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I watched a few episodes of Ms. Marvel and just kind of lost interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with so much being available, I think now, this is what I would almost compare it to. I was thinking about this after we spoke last time. Okay. I would almost compare it to the speculator boom in comics in mm. the late 80s, really into the 90s, early oh. 90s, right? Yeah. And 
you know, again, uh, it was pointed out that, you know, tons of people were now coming into comics and looking at comics and reading comics. There were articles being written about them beyond just the comics aren't just for kids yeah, anymore. Bam, bam, kind of pow, stuff. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there were articles being written about Watchmen, articles being written about uh, The Dark Knight. Um, comics being serious, comics being more violent, comics definitely being written for people who were over the age of 20, right. which had not been done in a long time. For, you know, for years, comics were written for 12 to 16. And then by the time you get to the 70s, it's like 12 to 21, 22 because of organized fandom and people who grew up for, you know, reading comics. And so it's like the speculator boom and like a lot of people are watching comic books and comic book properties and are interested in these characters and these stories mm-hmm. and the speculator boom, we kind of squandered all of that by just shitting out fancy mm. splash pages and dynamic pictures and images that were rehashed, rehashed, rehashed of the Avengers and rehashed, rehashed, rehashed of the X-Men and rehashed, rehashed, rehashed of this, that, and the other character. And so we kind of squandered that and didn't really write good stories and tell good stories and make good choices. Mm. And it's like that's happening now with this glut of comic book stuff where the audience is probably starting to lose a little bit of interest because it's like, okay, what is this? What is this multiverse shit? You know, I mean, you could understand what's going on in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You could understand what's going on in Doctor Strange. You could understand the idea of Thor as a Hamlet type character or the Avengers as kind of like the Three Musketeers or Black Widow as the, you know, as a spy, the Matahari or, you know, that kind of a thing. Those concepts are easy to grasp onto. This time changing and time traveling and multiversing and this, that, and the other, that's a lot. You have to be like a deep fan to kind of roll with that. And I don't know if the average person, the average moviegoer, you know, Jane and Joe ticket buyer, I don't know if they're going to really follow that. Yeah, and I think you're right. And the other thing, too, is that um, last time, one of the points I wanted to make was, is uh, to me, it seems like it might be generational. You know, I think yeah, yeah. I think Endgame from the time of the first Iron Man movie in 2008 to the end of Endgame, that's roughly 10, uh, 15 years or thereabouts. Right. You know, that's almost a generation, literally, in real time. So you have a whole generation of young people that grew up with these movies, came through this whole glut. Not dissimilar to your speculator boom, you know, analogy as well. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, Guys like ourselves who did come up with comics in the 80s and then definitely like myself in the 90s, same thing. The speculator boom, we grew up with those comics. But you did reach a point to where, I I don't know about yourself, but even with me, even as a 90s kid, once that image boom kind of went away, there was a period there, I'd say in the late 90s, where I did back off of comics for a bit, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I was still reading them here and there, but it wasn't that same fervor as it was in like 93, 94, 95. And and keep in mind, at that point, you're probably, what, 20, 21, you're a little older? Well, at that point, I was like 13, 13, 14, No, I'm saying when in the late 90s. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, in the late 90s, you're an older guy. Older teenager, yeah, I'm starting to... Graduated high school, yeah. you know, probably working job. You know what I'm saying? That your life is changing to some extent that's as well. It. And that's exactly what happened. And bringing that back to these movies, I think for that generation coming up with these movies, by the time Endgame rolls around, they're same thing. They're in their early 20s. You know, it's like, oh, man, I remember that came out when I was eight. You know, 
But that first Iron Man, now I'm like, you know, early 20s, getting ready to go off to college. And- so think if you're 12 to 15 mm-hmm. in 2008, you're 27, 28, 29, 30 now? Yes. You might, you know what I'm saying? Your life is definitely more different than it was then. Yeah, you, know? you got kids. Right. You got responsibilities. You right. got a job. Right. But, and, and it might hit differently for you. Mm-hmm. Just like the same way you go back and you try to absorb anything that you loved in that quote unquote golden age, if you will, right. of like 12 to 16, it might hit you differently in that you might not resonate with it or you might still resonate with it, mm-hmm. but you're not going to approach it the same way again. And I think the fatigue for me is part of it. Like, you know, I haven't seen the Avengers in its totality since I saw it in a the theater and it's been on Disney Plus has been on streaming forever. Mm-hmm. Been mm-hmm. on DVD forever. <clears throat> yep. But it will never replicate that experience that I had in the theater. Like, I can still remember almost floating out of my seat watching it in the theater. Right. You know, and then seeing them all together, it's like, oh, my gosh. That you know? that that Michael Bay shot yes, from that. down below where it circles around them, oh. and you're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, you and know? then ending with the Hulk roaring. That was it. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it now. Yeah. Those are the type of experiences that can't be replicated. And that's not to say that's the reason for the fatigue, but that's one of those generational things. Not unlike, you know, anything that you absorb where you're at the height of it, be it a zeitgeist or whatever it is. Right. Whatever you're absorbing at its height, you'll never attain that height again. Yeah, it's like like drug use where, you know, mm-hmm. the first time you, you know, you hit the pipe, you know, uh, or, you know, do heroin or whatever, whatever your drug of choice is. And, and you know, and then now you're kind of chasing that same right. high and it's not, it's, it's unattainable. You know, you, yeah. you always remember your first as, as people are wont to right. say. <laughs> but I do think that also like adapting things from comic books is definitely something that has happened before 2008, before Iron Man. Of course. But... There have been things that have been adapted from comics that we didn't necessarily know were comics. Like, like where, for instance? Men in Black. Ah, you okay. know, um, Ghost World. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was before 2008. I can't remember. Exactly. It was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have other things that may have come after that, like Road to Perdition or A History of Violence, mm-hmm. um, Snowpiercer, where people, the average moviegoer, probably doesn't know this came from the pages of a comic book and then was adapted to a feature film. But I say all that to say that, you know, superheroes specifically is what I'm thinking the focus should be because Mm -hmm. just like Westerns, you know, there was a time when Westerns ruled and reigned in the 30s and the 40s. The first moving pictures were featured, you know, at some point featured Westerns and cowboys and and Indians and and things of that nature. And... Mm -hmm. There was a time where people never thought that we would ever get tired of Westerns because they were so popular and so evergreen. Yeah. And then they actually did reach a point where they petered out. And now it's rare for somebody to make a Western and it's rare for somebody to make a Western that's any good Mm. because the genre has been so, you know, that path, that road has been so well-traveled. It's like, I mean, how do you make it, you know, like we we did uh, The Harder They Fall, yeah. which was about a bunch of, you know, black cowboys and cow cowgirls or you yeah. know, black figures in, in the Old West. Right. Um, and told with, you know, certainly, you know, they took liberties with who those characters were. But I mean, it was, it was, it, it was, was very, it was a good, it was yes. good Western. It was very entertaining, but it certainly wasn't anything we had never seen before. Sure. You know, in terms of the themes and in terms of the story beats. Yeah. Um, 
And so I wonder now if the superhero thing is going to eventually reach a point where the bubble is going to burst, where it's going to be like, okay, there's just too much of this. You know, everybody's just trying to crap out a superhero TV show or movie or what have you. Mm -hmm. And again, most things are not very good. You know, for every Avengers and every Endgame and every Infinity War, there is a worse version of that. For every Captain America Winter Soldier, there is a worse version of that. Right. For every Spider-Man movie that's a success, you know, we've got some stinkers in there. Spider-Man 3 with Raimi and, and ah. this. It's kind of a stinker, <laughs> yo, you know. Uh, yeah. I didn't love any of the Garfield Spider-Man. It was they were just yeah, okay. Just, mm -hmm. uh, Tom Holland kind of has become my favorite Peter Parker. Yeah. But even with that, even though I enjoy those movies, I didn't expect to like them, but I enjoyed those movies. But even still now, I was just like, it's just too much. It's everywhere. You know, um, and I guess because we've been reading comics so long and we have been living with this material and these characters and absorbing it for so many years. Mm hmm. Like, you can't fool us with something half-ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't know, man, because I think about it like this, Swizz. What in the zeitgeist is keeping that bubble from bursting? Like, it's been 15 years, and there are still more and more superhero-centric projects coming. Right. You know, coming on board, and you're just like, it has to be something. Like, you mentioned about Westerns. There's something in the zeitgeist of the early 20th century, you know, it's just at the height, at the beginnings of the movie industry, it's just close enough to the actual Old West for that zeitgeist to still be there, the strains of it, if right. you will. And also that that we were still living in a time of yeah. men being men and women being happy that they were men and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know a certain amount of uh, masculinity worship that was encouraged and acceptable. And and that's a lot of what the Old West was. I mean, let's not play games. You know, the Old West was slaughtering a bunch of Native Americans who were here before we were, who were here long before the Europeans were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she passed with six shooters. You exactly. Know? Taking taking what was theirs, what they wanted, and 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 we we'll just leave you know the dead bodies in in the wake. Right. So so and that's what I'm saying. And you know, and that coincides too with the lawlessness of the 20s and 30s too. Right. So it had enough of a zeitgeist. Well, I guess not a zeitgeist. It had enough of a legacy to keep that going. Right. Even through the 60s. Right. You know what right. I'm right. As it relates to superheroes, what is it in the culture now? That's keeping that alive. Well, but keep in mind, like, you know, recently, you know, Tom Cruise was at a uh, at a dinner with a bunch of other filmmakers and mm -hmm. uh, Steven Spielberg supposedly put his arm around him and, and thanked him for saving the movie business mm. with Top Gun Maverick. You know, mm. Top Gun Maverick is a not, it's not, it is a superhero movie, really. Think about <laughs> it. Anything with Tom Cruise in it now is really a superhero movie. Yeah. It just doesn't, they don't call it that. Yeah. Mission Impossible, those are superhero movies. <laughs> you know. Um, <sighs> but, he put his arm around him and thanked him for saving the movie business because Top Gun Maverick made a billion dollars mm -hmm. and proved that non superhero a non superhero property could do that well in theaters. Yeah, not just on streaming in theaters. People bought tickets and saw that movie multiple times. True. So the thing about that is, you know, despite Maverick doing well. Mm -hmm. You know, the last Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland made a billion dollars. Sure. You know, uh, Doctor Strange didn't do that great. 
Black Adam didn't do that great. Mm-hmm. There won't be a sequel to Black Adam. No. Um, no one wanted a sequel to Black Adam. <laughs> no one wanted <laughs> except, the first one. Except Dwayne Johnson. Right. <laughs> He's the only one who wanted the first one, it appears. Um, but I think the reason why they're still going is because they are taking up all the oxygen in the room. Hmm. Superhero movies have supplanted action movies. They are the new action movies. They are the new action movies. There are no Predator and uh, Beverly Hills Cop or you know, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. And you can argue, and that's the thing, though. You can argue that even with those 80s movies that we love, those were kind of superhero movies, too, without calling them superheroes. There's no way one man is going to take on two armies armed with a Bowie knife. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But we love them, and it's the same type of eyes that you would find in a superhero-type movie. Right. But the thing about that, those movies versus the superhero movies is, is now we are in... The studios in Hollywood are in the precarious position of, and uh, someone pointed this out on our social media, I think it was Daniel, Mm -hmm. um, that if your business model is, I have to make a billion dollars or it's a failure, you have a bad business model. And that's the problem. Rambo and Die Hard and Lethal Weapon didn't have to make a billion dollars. They could make $50 million or $70 million and be a success. Yes. And also in the theaters with those movies, you could see a thriller like Malice or mm-hmm. an R-rated comedy like um, Beverly Hills Cop, not Beverly Hills Cop, but well, Beverly Hills yeah, Cop yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could see a Terms of Endearment or you could see a uh, Children of a Lesser God or you could see any number of things in the 1980s and the 1990s alongside those movies. Yeah. Now everything is tentpole. Everything is, it's got to make, you know, 500 or a billion dollars. We got to spend a hundred million dollars on it. It's not worth it. And I think that's largely because they lost all that revenue on DVDs and Blu-rays and VHS. And then, and and then COVID. And then COVID. And so now it's like, okay, we've got to make the money in the theaters. That's That is ground zero for us to make this loot, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's why we, it, that's what's keeping it going. It's the only thing that's out there. It's the only thing that's doing something in theaters and moving people to get in their car, drive to the theater, plunk down $20, plunk down another $20 for snacks, mm. and give up two and a half or three and a half or four hours, goddamn, <laughs> when is it going to stop, of their yeah. day yeah. to enjoy a film. And that's just kind of where we are, you know? But at some point, the bubble has to burst. At some point, people have to say, you know what? I'm multiversed out. Mm-hmm. I'm time traveled out. They got to at some point. Because it can't be enough of us. And I'm speaking of like longtime right. fans who are familiar with the source material. Right. Keeping this stuff alive. It can't be. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. It's like hip hop where it's like, okay, if somebody sells a million records. Mm-hmm. After like this is how it was in the nineties. If you sold two million records, yeah, maybe six or seven hundred thousand of those were sold to the black audience. Yeah. After that, it's everybody else. It's, right. It's white people, Asian people, anybody else who likes hip hop is buying it. It's just not enough of us spending money on CDs at that time that were thirteen, fourteen, fifteen ninety nine a piece. Yeah. For to support, you know, somebody being Jay Z selling, you know, four times platinum on the Blueprint or on, uh, yeah, um, or, or, Hard Knock or, Life, yeah, you know? fifty selling Diamond, Diamond, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that's and so there's crossover appeal, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing in nerdy circles where there just aren't enough nerds, and specifically, especially like you know we, 
You know, like I'm. I want to see Wakanda. Let me just be honest with you. Go let ahead. Just, let, 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 me just go ahead. let me just break it all the way. There down. you go. I want to see Wakanda forever, only for Namor. Me too. Yes. Only for Namor. That's all I was interested in. If they if they had announced it any other thing, oh, it's gonna be Doctor Doom. I ain't going to see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew Chadwick Boseman wasn't gonna be in it. Yeah, you come already on. was like, oh, come on. Yeah, miss me with that, yo. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that Namor, one of my favorite characters, right, was gonna be featured, I was like, okay, I guess I got to go see it then. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, in that respect, you're gonna get my money. But like when uh, uh, Peter Safran and, and, and uh, James Gunn made that announcement about the DCEU and, uh, you know, and monsters and warriors and loving monsters. Like, and then, you know, and then we're going to do a Superman, Superboy TV show, Liberty's Legacy or something. And <laughs> then we're going to do uh, all this stuff. And I was just like, I had no interest. None. None. I remember I was texting. Uh, Braxton sent me the uh, the video of of uh, Gun talking about it, uh-huh. and I watched it and I was like, okay, it just it just ran all over me and just ran down my back. Yeah. And I texted Braxton back. I said, yo, man, are you are you excited about this? And he was like, I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way he feels. I mean, I didn't. I was trying not to influence what he was saying by right. just say, hey, are you? Except before I said, you know, I'm not really into it. If he right. said I'm really into it, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you're, you're the temperance. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna. Yeah, I'm not. I want people to enjoy what they, you know, what they, what they're excited about. I don't want to shit on anybody's parade, but. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I felt nothing. No. Oh. I mean, nothing. And then like when Ant Man uh, and the Wasp Quantum Mania was announced, and I saw the trailer, I was like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. My wife was like, you know, you, uh, I'm gonna buy tickets for Ant Man. You want to go? I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. she was like, what? I was like, mm-mm. and my and my boy Damien, he was uh, like, he said it is the worst Marvel movie. Dang. He said it is plain goofy. So 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 your wife, she didn't end up buying the tickets, so you didn't see it. She ended up getting sick that weekend, and so she she. Got a refund on her ticket. She didn't. I, was, I, I thought she got sick because of the movie. No. She was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she, you know, she didn't go, and and I told her, I said, I said, because we were texting. She was texting yeah. me while I was at work. I said, yeah. I said I'm kind of suffering from a little bit of superhero fatigue. I said we've been talking about it on the podcast uh-huh. off and on for a few months now, and so she's like, all right, so I'm going. I'm gonna, I want to go see it or whatever. Uh-huh. And then you know, like Dwight, you know, he texted us on our, in our group chat, and he said he went and saw it and he enjoyed it. Yeah, he said he loved it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I don't know. I'm just like, and then like I'm a fan of Jonathan Majors mm. as an actor. Sure. I didn't like the show Lovecraft Country, but I liked his performance. Yes. Um, I liked his performance in um, the harder, the harder they, they fall. fall. Yes, oh yeah. And I saw him in something else. I forget what it is, but I saw him in something else. So I like him as an actor. Of course, I like his energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's a good actor. But I'm just like, okay, he, I feel like he's spreading himself a little thin. He's got this devotion movie coming out. Mm. He's Kang the Conqueror. Yes, he's in Creed three. Yes. I'm like, okay, you know, don't don't hit me with the big stuff. So so much of the big stuff, you know what I mean? 
Like, do some sneaky ups on me. Do some sneaky, you know, some, do some smaller films where I can see you, like, really do your thing, yo. Man, the iron hot. He just, eh, eh, eh. Make that money, country. <laughs> it ain't funny. <laughs> exactly. He got to, uh. Get that paper while they, he's trying to secure the bag. And I get it. Yes. And, you know, but at the same time, it's like, even with Coogler, mm. you know, we get a great, you know, creed. Yes. Uh, I liked Fruitville Station. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my. It wasn't great. It wasn't. It wasn't my favorite, but I liked it, and I could see the filmmaker. You know. You know. There's a talent there, and yeah. um, and I could see the craft. Uh, but Creed was. I thought was great. Oh yeah, the you first know, one. Oh, wonderful, yes. and I and but we haven't had a Coogler, a true Ryan Coogler movie since the first Black Panther. He's been mired in. MCU, black, you know, all the big budget, blah blah blah. Even though that's his, and 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 Michael B. Jordan, that's his, that's his De Niro, that's his Scorsese De Niro, that's his John Woo. But they, but they haven't worked together. Wait, hold on. I mean, they have, they have a production company. They, oh, they have a production company together. They, 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 they're producing partner. Like he, I think the story for Creed Three was Coogler's, and then they had somebody else write the script. Oh. And maybe he produced it, too. I'm not sure. But okay. he didn't do anything on the second one. Uh, not at all. He didn't write it. He didn't, who who he directed didn't, the second one? Some guy. Steven somebody. <laughs> I forgot yeah, his I name. I don't know. And the second one is supposedly not nearly as good as the first. And they right. say, and people are saying that the third one is better than the second one, but still not as good as the first. Huh, okay. Um, But, I mean, they haven't really worked together since Black Panther. That's it. Dang, Okay. Creed Black Panther and Fruitvale. I, I stand corrected. All right. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. The so the Feige was interviewed in Entertainment Weekly, and he was saying, you know, he was kind of trying to defend the whole. I, I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says people are asking him, well, how, how long is this going to last? Is the <laughs> is the fad of comic book movies going to end yeah. now? First of all, I think that's I think that's an insincere question. I don't think that's what people are asking him. I think they're asking him about superheroes, not comic books. Sure. But his answer is is I didn't really understand the question because to me, uh, it was akin to saying after Gone with the Wind, well, how many more movies are going to be made off of novels? Do you think that the audience will sour on movies being adapted from books? Uh, you would never ask that because there's an inherent understanding among most people that a book can be anything. A novel can have any type of story whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on what story you're translating. Non-comic readers don't understand that it's not the same thing, that it's the same thing in comics. But, Mr. Feige, Marvel has not done one movie. Marvel Studios has not done adapted one movie that didn't have superheroes in it. That's right. So why are you talking about comic books now? No, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. You like superheroes. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know about Ghost World, and we know about you know Road to Perdition. You've not done any of those. The only thing you're doing is is three Ant Man movies and four Thor movies and all of this stuff that has to do with people who are flying and shooting laser beams out of their eyes and lifting cars over their heads. Right. So that's really where the question should be: is is how long will the superhero thing go before the bubble bursts? Mm-hmm. And I think it's got to be pending. You know. Man, I and, and for me, it can't come soon enough. It, it really can't because I'm just like, <laughs> man, just let it. You die. like, yes, stop on it. <laughs> mm. Die, Seriously. die, now grind it up. Now put it, in, now put it in a rocket and shoot it in the sun. 
seriously. It's just like, man, it, we've had enough. And you beg a good point, though, Swiss. Like, how come I don't feel that way about the source material? But I think I've kind of reached the point with that as well, too. Now, I still frequent a comic shop at least once a month, mm -hmm. every month. Always have, always will. Okay. But to your point, the type of material I buy is back issues or stuff for the quarter bins. You know, it's like, oh, man, I remember this. Okay, cool. I don't buy a lot of new stuff. Okay. Just such as it is with these new superhero movies. I don't I don't watch them. I don't. Like I watch how, come, them. how come you don't buy any, any very many new comics? Um a lot of the stories to me once you cuz you can read the previews catalog and see oh what's coming up. Right. I've already read that. You know, they've already done this. Whatever. That's how it is with superhero movies too. It's like mm -hmm. Eh, you've already well, kind of done this. You've and that's why I was kind of and again, and I I go back to Blade, nineteen ninety eight. All right. The success of Blade is the beginning of the modern comic book movie, not Marvel Studios, not the DCU or any of that, but modern comic book movies, modern sensibilities, expert use of the CGI, casting and a charismatic actor who you have a history with, mm -hmm. um, and doing it well. And doing it big, so big that by the time Blade Two was announced, like that was a huge deal. Yes, you know, it Wesley was, was a huge. That was a huge deal. Denzel couldn't, you know, as a black actor goes, Denzel couldn't open a big mo a movie as big as like that, like Wesley was doing at the time. I mean, it was highly it, anticipated. It was highly yes. anticipated, and then the you know the heads were like, oh, Guillermo del Toro's di directing it. Oh, oh shit, yeah. it's finna be on, mm -hmm. you know. And so everyone was excited for it, and it was big. Yes, uh, wasn't Donnie in in that? Yes. Yeah, Donnie Yen played one of the uh, the vampire mm -hmm. squad or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was an example where, to me, that was the first modern comic book movie. And it was a B-level character. It was a C-level character. Now, do you think, uh, let, let me, let me, let me kind of push back just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the Blade movies, one and two, not three, do you think that the first, <laughs> do you think that those first two Blade movies worked because it wasn't so much um, inherent that everyone knows it came from a comic? We knew because we're heads. We know the character. But to the general populace, the layperson, if quote unquote, mm -hmm. if you will, they didn't know that. They were just like either this is a cool black character or this is a cool action movie? This is a cool vampire movie? This is a cool sci-fi martial fantasy, arts, martial S and M. All I see all this leather and black and lycra yeah. and yeah, like you hit everything else outside of it being a comic book movie, which is why I think a lot of people, even though I do agree with you as far as sensibilities, but I think people don't give it. it they don't give Blade its flowers in that regard because it was before that modern comic book movie craze hit. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because really before Blade, you had like the Batman movies. You had, you know, those yeah, Superman but those movies. Were but 10 years before, you know, starting yeah, and in 1988, they, you know. Yeah, yeah, which was like the last 89. Superman movie. Yeah. yeah. And now you have Batman. Right. And then there's like this long period of time where there aren't any comic book-centric movies it almost goes out of its way. Well, I take that back. They were making Batman movies in the interim. You know what I'm saying? But with the Blade movie, it almost hits because it was totally unexpected. 
where it hit so many other quadrants rather than it just being a comic book movie. No, I, I agree with you there. I do think that, again, Blade, Blade could easily be put in the category with The Ghost World or with uh, Road to Perdition. Yeah. Or Men in Black, where people just didn't know where it came from. They just thought it was just a cool kind of vampire slayer kind of a movie, which, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was mm. already a thing at the time. So people understood that concept, and it just worked. Um, I do think, though, that like even if you mark the beginning of the MCU in 2008 with the first Iron Man movie, Iron Man was a B-level character mm. for Marvel. Marvel's characters were the Hulk mm-hmm. and Spider-Man. Mm. That's it. Maybe Captain America. Yeah. The Hulk, Spider-Man, maybe Captain America. Thor was B-level. Unknown to the public. Nobody, Thor, you know. Uh, Iron Man, eh? Right. Black Widow, nothing. No, right. Hawkeye, nothing. Mm -hmm. So all of those characters really kind of had to earn their way into the public's hearts and minds you know, one movie at a time building up to Avengers. And when you really think about it, other than the first Iron Man, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure exactly where these fall in terms of their release, but the first Iron Man was a success. It really, it was a hit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. The first Thor did okay. The second Thor, uh-uh. Right. The first Captain America did okay. The second one, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's after Avengers. Mm-hmm. So all, you know, for the Thor movie... Uh, the Hulk movies, eh. The first Captain America, eh. Second Iron Man movie, eh. All of those are just okay. And it's when we get to Avengers, that's when the that's when the sizzle starts. That's when they bring the fajitas out and it's <laughs> watch it, watch and you like, ooh, shit, what they got? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's when they started selling the sizzle. That's yeah. when it was really like, it's, oh, it's, they bought it, bought it now, and so. I think that, again, you can still have movies and TV shows, but primarily we're talking about, I guess, films, the superhero movie bubble. Yeah. You know, you can have films that don't feature top tier characters and you can do them well and do them interestingly. But that was the kind of the thing is, is Marvel kind of had to tell everybody's origin story first mm-hmm. until they finally rebooted Spider-Man when Spider-Man, when Sony and Marvel started working together on Spider-Man. And they were like, we're not going to talk about radioactive spiders. We're not going to talk about Uncle Ben. We're not going to talk about any of that. We're going to start it with him and Aunt May. And that's where it is. And same thing happened in Blade. You know, they never told Blade's origin. You never saw it. I mean, you saw bits of flashbacks and references. Mm -hmm. But they never really showed you. They just kind of told you, this is what happened. Trust us. Just Exactly. Just enough to keep it moving. Right, right, right. And you just like, okay. You know, his mom is a human. She was pregnant. And he got the vampire abilities. And he got the human abilities. He's the daywalker. I get it. Right. End of story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, like, I mean, not that I am a Nova super fan, <laughs> but, you know, uh-huh. that would be interesting to see Nova, a teenage superhero, again, you know, who kind of comes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Micronauts would be really interesting to oh, see man. in light of, like, this whole quantum mania. And, sure. You know, oh, there's a world where there are microscopic creatures and so on and so forth, you know, although that may not happen because the Micronauts are exactly locked up in up. litigation, yeah. but, uh, or licensing and who owns them and so forth. But, I mean, I would like to see other things, but I just want to see less of it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't need any more flagship characters. 
Doctor Strange is just off the beaten path enough. He's got still just enough uh, Steve Ditko DNA in him <laughs> where it's like, okay, he's weird enough where I'm just like, okay, I'll roll with some Doctor Strange. Sure. But I don't need any more flash, flagship characters. You know, they're getting ready to do um, Captain America, the First World Order or First World Order. Well, with with uh, with um, with, um, with Sam, Sam Wilson? With Sam. Yeah. Really? Like to the big screen, not no screen. To the big screen. Really? Huh. You probably have not heard of it. No, I haven't. Okay, oh, so wow. Thaddeus Ross is now the president. What? Thunderbolt Ross? Thir- Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross is now the president. And guess who's playing him? Who? Harrison Ford. Oh! They're trying to get you back, yo. They're trying to get you back, yo. They heard me. It was like, make sure he's the president. Mm. Let's see see what you got about that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that's what's coming up. All right. And I think it's a movie. I don't think it's... I don't think it's. I think that's Phase Five. They got if 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 well, I was gonna say if it's Harrison Ford, but he's doing streaming stuff with that 1923 thing. So and he's got a, a really good show called Shrinking on uh, Apple TV. That's good. Oh, okay, I've heard about that. That's it's it's really funny. It's really good. Okay. Um, but he's basically playing himself with a therapist license, basically <laughs> grumpy and you know yeah, grumbling and shit. <laughs> but. But that is phase five, and then we've got gar- the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming, which, hmm. you know, featuring Adam Warlock. All right, here we go, uh, him. Here we go. Oof. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go to the movies with Dwight and see that, because if they don't handle it right, yo, he will He will he gonna turn shot, to the baggage, yo. yo. He's going to hulk out and flip the table. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the in-betweener. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yo, he will turn into the Magus, you know? you <laughs> the <go>. evil version, <laughs> the evil futuristic yeah. version of Adam Warlock. <laughs> but you know, and I don't know what else is supposed to be coming, huh. in, you know, MCU in terms of Phase Five. Yeah, but I do think that again, um, I think the audience is maybe starting to lose a little bit of its trust. Mm-hmm. And part of it is the watering down of is those TV shows watering down the Marvel brand, yeah, because they just weren't very good, very yeah. good. You know what I mean? Yes, they just were not very good. And so I think, you know, I almost would have preferred they not do any of those TV shows and just come back with more films when you're ready to come back with more films. Mm-hmm. But they were just like, you know, oh, we can't miss, yo. You know, we we can't miss. You know, we just. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. We can't miss. Something like that. Yeah, but. <laughs> All dead fish. Yeah, but yeah. then they missed, and it was a bunch of dead fish right. <laughs> in the barrel. Um, and as it relates to the TV shows, Feige was also quoted in that same EW article saying that, I do think that one of the powerful aspects of being at Marvel Studios is having these films and these shows hit the zeitgeist. You're, you're worried. Mm-hmm. It is harder to hit the zeitgeist when there's so much product out there. Even he's admitting it. Yeah. Uh, And so much content, which he says he doesn't like the word content. He says, but we want Marvel Studios and the MCU projects to really stand out and to stand above. So people will see (laughs) that as we get further into phase five and six, there's a sixth phase. Really? The pace at which we're putting out the Disney Plus shows will change so they can each each get a chance to shine. Now, what does that mean? Mm, that means he he notices that he's slowing slow, slow it, it down. down slow it down make it special don't make yeah. it just you know superhero disney plus show of the week 
you know, She-Hulk, I'm talking about you. Miss <laughs> Marvel and, and Moon Knight, I'm talking about you. WandaVision, sorry, uh. talking about you. <laughs> you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is oh, probably I... the only one that was worth something, only because it was more like the films. Yes. And it was a true extension of the films, not trying to be anything different. Right. But even with that, I was kind of like, okay. One, one episode too long. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, the whole introduction of the Thunderbolts, I was like, oh, brother. Okay. U.S. agent. All right, All man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, even Feige is recognizing that, you know, you need to go ahead and turn the faucet down a little bit to a trickle. Yeah. We had it on full. It was full open. <laughs> you know, how you, know, you get to the water hose. You, <sighs> when you were a kid because it was hot outside. Yeah. You know, and then the water be trickling out. You'd be like, hey, come on. What's up? <laughs> so now it's more of that where they're, they're realizing that, you know, they are warding down their brain. And Kevin Feige is the most successful producer in the history of cinema. So, well, I guess so now. Yeah. Bar none. Bar yeah. none. Yeah. Bar none. Yeah. Not even Spielberg, bar none. He's he's made more successful movies. He's made more movies that have made a billion dollars than anybody ever has mm. uh, in terms of a producer. Yeah. So um, anyway, where so where do you stand now? Like, are you going to give this Captain America First World Order a shot, yo? Well, shit, now that you just said this, <laughs> now you presented this new Look, information. I buried the lead, yo. Yeah, yo. <laughs> I, I think I will. I sure will. But as it relates to all of these other things, like, oh, and we cannot leave this podcast without mentioning that atrocious new trailer for the new Flash movie. Oh. They are trying some of everything. Oh. Just here. Here. First of all, <laughs> Ezra Miller, isn't that yes. the name of the actor? Oh, boy. Yep. I mean, he's a, he's a straight-up criminal. S- scumbag, yeah. He is a scumbag criminal. And they still They still it. like, we, we didn't spend this money. But you spent the money on Batwoman, but you abandoned the show. Right. <laughs> well, wasn't it a movie? Was it a movie? It was a show. And they were trying to do a movie. And they were trying, no, they were trying fact, to, they, they, they were doing a Batgirl movie. That's, that's what right. it was. They were doing a Batgirl movie, and they was like, yeah, we spent $100 million, but fuck it. Yes, and a Batwoman TV show, it said faggot. Right, yeah. which the TV show I get, because that's, you know, that's that had TV, been out you know. for a while. It was the second one. Mm-hmm. It was just okay from the beginning, and then they changed the character. All right, all right, whatever. Yeah. But so now, like, with this, you know, I, I don't know, you know. I'm not going to see Guardians of the Galaxy for Adam Warlock. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to hear from some very reliable sources Yes. Of which Dwight Clark is not in that group. <laughs> One, because I cl- I truly expect him not to like it. Because, He's compromised. Yeah, it's compromised. They're not going to handle the character the way he would like. Yeah. First. And then second of all, I'm just like, I was, the first Guardians was like a fluke. Like, oh, damn, this is really good. This is really entertaining. Sure. This is, this is a fun ride. Second one, I was like... Kurt Russell. The minute you, the minute you introduced hey, uh, hey now. Tango and hey Cash. Now, hey now. Wait a minute now. Hold the, on now. The, the minute, uh, uh, the minute you brought in, brought in, broke down and uh, Tombstone hey and uh, no. hey and uh, Overboard and uh, Captain Run. Ca- yeah, Captain hey Run, no. yo. I was like, uh, nah. <laughs> And even like something like Captain Marvel, which oh. I'm sorry, oh. 
I like Brie Larson. I've seen bits and pieces of Room, although I've not seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I liked her in Trainwreck. I've liked her in uh, this other movie, this indie movie she did with Army Hammer. She was she was she was pretty good. Okay, but she was miscast as Captain Marvel. Yes, they should have cast somebody who was had more authority, more of a, a presence. Mm-hmm. You know, a Charlize Theron type, and she's mm. wearing her at Welcome Out. <laughs> she's showing up in everything. She's in. She was in. She was in two. She was in uh, the boys. Yes. She showed up in the boys and did like a cameo. Then she shows up and does this quick kind of cameo as as Clea. Yes. In Doctor Strange, and I'm just like, okay, hun, slow it down, hun, slow it down. <laughs> but you know, she wants to do big movies because she wants to do other kinds of movies too, and so you got to do big movies if you want to do the other kind of movies. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and. Old Guard was just okay. It was fine. It was I, I entertaining. Didn't see that. That, was, that was good. It was entertaining. It was okay. entertaining. It was entertaining. Um, I think that um, as it relates to Old Guard, that um, Gina Prince Blythewood, 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 yeah, Blythewood. She found her acting chops with the Woman King. She didn't quite find it with Old Guard. Ah, okay. But the but the action chops with uh, the Woman King were. Well beyond what she did in uh, in Old Guard, I think she really found her her sea legs as far as that's concerned. Got you. But she, you know, she did like the first Cloak and Dagger. And that series was. Uh, oh really? So so she had already had kind of like her fingers a little bit, like a little kinda, bit. Yeah, kinda she did like the first maybe first two episodes, first episode. Got you. Um, that wasn't great. Mm. I mean, but um, anyway, so now. I think, you know, Brie Larson's, you know, oh, I, I, Captain Marvel. I don't know. All right. All right. You know, it just should have been somebody else. Mm-hmm. I agree. It just should have been somebody else. Yeah. I almost think she's probably a little too long in the tooth for it. But uh, the actor who's on, uh, she's in uh, Mandalorian. And she was on the Bionic Woman TV show, I think. And she was on maybe Battlestar. The blonde. Not, not, her name isn't Katie Sackhoff, is Katie Sackhoff, okay, yeah. yeah. Somebody like her or Charlize who has presence yeah. and feels fierce without having to do anything. And then if you make her do something, she's, she's, like, okay. she's mm. even more, you know, kind of badass. Yeah, whatever, you know. absolutely. Um, you know, what's the other one? Uh, not Ms. Marvel? Ms. Marvel, Not yeah. Ms. Marvel. No, oh. The one with uh, Rambo. Who is she playing? Is she playing Photon? or? Yes, but they're all coming together in one called The Marvels. Oh yeah, that's right. There you go. So <laughs> you got you got a got a faux pack all oh. of them in there, oh, like like, like in the like in the comic shop, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but right down in the middle, there's a Richie Rich that you couldn't see. <laughs> there's a ro- Magnus Robot Hunter, <laughs> robot fighter, right down in the middle. You couldn't see it. Got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about? We didn't really get into it, but what did you think about uh, Saffron and? Uh, and guns announcement about the DCU because they clearly they're trying to reset it and do their their Feige thing. Uh huh. But I'm wondering if it's a little too late. It is. It is very much too late. I'm sorry, DC missed that boat. You guys should have did this about ten years ago. Y'all should have had a definite plan. But the thing is, y'all didn't have a plan, and you didn't know kind of how you were going to structure this. You waited too long to get that Justice League movie together. Mm-hmm. And I know things happened with Snyder, you know, both professionally and personally. And personally, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that was standing. Still, the movie like came together and was just a jumble. It was a jumbled mess. Yeah. As opposed to like when you compare it with the way Feige constructed the MCU. 
and he was building it. He was building the bridge as he went along. Right. But that bridge got stronger and stronger. So it was just like expand and had a little some kinks in it. Right. But not too many. Look, it was, was it was swinging in the breeze a yeah. little bit. A little swing and sway, you know. But that's that's to be expected. It was giving some yeah. give and take, but it was strong. Yeah. Whereas that DC bridge was <laughs> just all over the place. You're trying to construct it. It was like the bridge in Apocalypse Now. They're building it only every night to destroy it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So it's like, nah. Mm-mm. Too late. Yeah. Too late. I think it's too late as well. And I think that um, as hard as they want to try, like I'm not a fan of James Gunn's sensibilities. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what if Eminem directed a superhero movie? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) That's a good point. You know, that kind of R-rated, you know, wise ass, you know, like in your face kind of, what is this? It's the type of movie that you would have loved when you were like 21. Yeah, like if I yeah. was a younger person, exactly. and like, oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like Peacemaker, I watched a little bit of Peacemaker, and I was just like, I, I can't finish. This. Even John Cena couldn't do it for me. I was, I tried as well. I was, did like, you? I didn't know you did. Okay. Yeah, I was like that. I like John Cena as an actor and as a personality. That's my guy. Yeah. yeah. Just wrestling aside, he's just a- he's funny, and he, if you give him the right things to right. do, he can really do them. And make them enjoyable. Exactly. But he couldn't even do that for Peacemaker for me. It was just like some of the humor just seemed like, eh, a little too forced. Yeah. Just like, eh, no. Yeah. No, not doing it for me. Yeah. So, I yeah, I tried that as well. And I was just like, eh, mm-hmm. nah, I don't know. So, even with all of the announcements and everything, I'm just like, I just have zero interest yeah. in any of it. And, and again, you know, I'm older than you as an old school comic book fan who was desperate to see these characters in live action. Sure. Where the only thing we had was Spider-Man on the Electric Company. (laughs) Spider-Man. Where are you coming from? All we had was that. All we had was the uh, the 1979 movie with that uh, that actor being pulled up the side of the building on ropes, you know. I saw that in reruns, the same thing. I may not have been a big comic book guy at like seven or eight when they were kind of syndicating that stuff, mm-hmm. but those characters were still colorful enough for me to be like, oh, that's, okay, that's neat. Yeah, like yeah. I w- and they would show it once a year, like the Captain America movies with Red Brown. With the motorcycle helmet? Yeah, and the, his shield was the wind <laughs> The plexiglass. Yeah. I was like, okay, once a year, I'd wait on that. I was like, okay, cool, cool. But even like that was all we had. It was, you know, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. Oh. That was all we oh. had. Oh. You know, you could only see that on bootleg because yes. it never was released. <laughs> you know, can Johnny come out and play? <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, D. <laughs> uh, you know, and then like Batman in 1989. Sure. You know where it was like okay, but even that was play camp a little bit of camp. Kind of, you know, it was Tim Burton serious, which is not serious, serious. Right. It's and I also wanted <laughs> It was Edward Scissorhands as a superhero. That's a great point. It's, it was yeah. Edward Scissorhands as a superhero, basically. Exactly. And I wonder if maybe if some of the material kind of approached not necessarily just camp for its own sake. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But really embraced more of that fantasy aspect. Like Superman, the reason why that first the first two Superman with uh, Christopher Reeves. 
from 78 and, and 81, whatever, 81 it whatever it was. Yeah. The reason why those work so well is that it embraced the fantasy aspect. Right. Yes, it's a comic book and everything, but there was a fantasy aspect to them that still makes them work and almost transcend the fact that it was a comic book. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like Metropolis didn't quite feel like New York, but it, but it, it was, was supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't really feel like they had a job at a newspaper. It's like they would kind of, you know, like you said, the whole thing felt fantasy all throughout, all yes. throughout. Yeah, exactly. And I <clears throat> wonder if maybe some of that could rub off on these um, adaptations, you know, these newer, you know, comic book movies. Okay. You know, maybe that'll keep the bubble going or whatnot. But who knows? If not, you know, then let them die. Damn. Die. Like, I'm, I'm like Nick Cage in the face off. Die! Damn. Damn. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.